Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful Filipino valet, Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Mystery in the Dentist's Office. The Green Hornet strikes again. Before our story, here's an important message. If you have extra time this summer, how about helping out America's farmers? Those who volunteer for farm work will be made members of the United States Crop Corps, and they'll be paid prevailing wages for the amount and type of work they do. Now, farm work won't be easy, but it will be helpful, and you'll have the satisfaction of knowing that you're serving where the need is great. You may work weekends, one or two days a week, a definite two- or three-week period, or longer, whichever you choose. The need for extra farm workers will be urgent in nearly every part of the country during the next few months. But it will vary somewhat from time to time and place to place. Stand by for the local call. Respond when it comes in your community. And now, the Green Hornet. Elaine Garland, assistant in Dr. Kane's dental office, returned from lunch and entered the office reception room. As she removed her hat and coat, she suddenly became conscious of the odor of smoke. Turning quickly, she noticed small wisps of smoke seeping under the door leading into the office proper. Smoke coming from Dr. Kane's office. Oh! He's pouring out of the laboratory. He must be in there. Dr. Kane! Dr. Kane! I can't get through because of the smoke. I've got to get help. Get to the phone. Oh, why doesn't she hurry? Operator, operator, turn in a fire alarm. Yes, please hurry. The city building, Dr. Kane's office. Yes, office 324. Please hurry. Oh, I've got to get help someplace. He's in there. Help! Fire, help! Somebody come quickly! Oh, help! In Dr. Kane's laboratory. I'm sure he's in there. I 
can't get through because of the smoke in his office. Come on, I have this fire extinguisher. Here comes the fire department. Oh, it's terrible. Poor Dr. Kane. A short time later, Ed Lowry, reporter on the Daily Sentinel, was questioning Elaine Garland in the reception room of Dr. Kane's office. Have you any idea what started that fire? No. No, I've told everyone that over and over again. Everybody's asking questions. The fire marshal, the police, and now you. See, I, I'm sorry. I know how you feel, but I'm just trying to get some facts from a paper, that's all. That's my job, you know. I, I, I'm sorry. I'll tell you all I can. You see, it's been well, well, so awful. Yeah, I know. He, he must have been working on a denture or something. And one of the Bunsen burners set fire to his clothing. Well, that place in there is sure pretty well burned out at that. Poor guy wasn't oh. so recognizable, I understand. They, they asked me to bring in his dental chart. It's the only way they have of identifying the body. It, it's all so sudden. So unbelievable. Well, now, take it easy, Miss Garland. It's a shock, I know, but you did all you could. I'll hang around a while and see the report they make on Oh, here comes Sergeant Bird. What's the dope, Sarge? They compared the dental chart with... Uh, well, with that guy in there. It's Kane, all right. Too bad. Sure is a mess, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll call the rewrite at the Sentinel and give them the rest of the dope. I already called about the fire and all. See you later, Sarge. Later at the Sentinel building, Lowry was talking to Britt Reed, young publisher of the Sentinel, in his office. It sure was tough the way that dentist got caught in a fire in his laboratory, Chief. They had to use his dental chart to identify him. Strange that the fire should have had such a headway that he couldn't get out to save himself. Are the police satisfied that it was accidental? Oh, sure it was accidental. <laughs> what else? Well, just inquiring, that's all. I wonder who his last patient was. Oh, Sarge asked about that. They found out from the appointment book it was a guy named Lynn. Miss Garland, that's Doc's assistant, said Lynn was in the chair when she left. She was gone an hour or so. Mm -hmm. well, I suppose the police will question Lynn as a matter of routine. Yeah, I guess they will, Chief. Well, they'll more or less close the case as far as the Sentinel's concerned. Sure. Is there uh, anything you want me to do especially? Well, no, Laurie. You can cover police headquarters for the rest of the afternoon. If Gunningham hasn't assigned you to anything else... Right, Chief. I'll be seeing you. So long. Several days later, Miss Case, secretary to Britt Reed, was busy in the outer office when Lowry entered. Oh, hi, Casey. Chief in? Well, Mr. Reed's down in the city room. He'll be up in a few minutes. What's up, Lowry? Oh, nothing much. I want to tell him something about that dentist who was burned to death in his office the other day. I thought that was a thing of the past by now. Huh? Well, here's Mr. Reed now. Looking for me, Lowry? Oh, yeah, Chief. Thought you might be interested to know they haven't found that Lynn guy yet. Lynn? Yeah. Hey, you know, the guy who was the last patient to be in Doc Kane's office the day Kane was burned? Oh, uh, yes, I remember now. So the police haven't located Lynn, huh? Nope. He lived in a rooming house. Didn't seem to have any friends or nothing. The landlady says he ain't turned up since the day of the accident. That's strange. Hey, do you suppose he could have had something to do with that so-called accident, Mr. Reed? No, possibly. Well, the cops have thought of that, too. Doc Lang had quite a bit of insurance. The company, well, they sent an investigator to check with the police. 
They made a complete examination of Kane's remains to see if maybe he'd been socked on the head or something before the fire. But the report shows nothing but the fact that he once had a busted jawbone. Something that must have happened a long time ago. Evidently, the police were trying to make out to be a case of murder instead of an accident. With Lynn as a suspect in the case. Yeah. But you must admit it does look funny that that Lynn guy hasn't shown up since it happened. All his stuff's still in his room, Sarge says. In that case, he didn't plan a getaway. He did have something to do with Doc Kane's death. Uh, it sure looks funny, Chief. The guy not being found and all. Uh, the girl in Kane's office said Lynn didn't know Doc Kane until he came in to get his teeth fixed. As far as she remembers, the guy was about the same build as Kane and could have been about the same age. I see. Well, what does the insurance investigator think about it? Well, I guess he's satisfied now that it was accidental. <laughs> They'd have to pay off one way or the other anyway. Well, that's true. Well, if you hear anything more about it, let me know. Okay, Chief. Well, they're still hunting for Lynn, and if they get a line on him, I know Sarge will let me know. So I'll mosey on down to headquarters now and see if they have anything on him. In this case, give me a copy of the Sentinel, which was issued on the date of Dr. Kane's death. Believe that edition carried a picture of Kane. All right, Mr. Reed. I, yes, I remember the picture. I'll get the paper and bring it in to you. Good. I'm interested in the turn of events in this case. I'd like to see what this Dr. Kane looked like. And you think there might be something to the suspicions Lowry has, that uh, that Lynn could have murdered Dr. Kane? Well, one can never tell about these seemingly clear-cut cases. Sometimes they turn out to be very complicated and uh, very interesting. <laughs> That evening, Britt Reed was in his apartment talking to Cato, his faithful Filipino valet and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet. I've been studying this picture of Dr. Kane in the Sentinel I brought home from the office. That mustache and Van Dyke beard give him quite the professional appearance. Is that the dentist who had fatal accident in his office, Mr. Britt? Yes. Why are you interested in doctor's picture? Because I was wondering about the case, Cato. A Mr. Lynn, who was the last patient in the office before the so-called accident, is missing. You say... So-called accident? Yes. That accident could have been planned, Cato. Oh, maybe you have suspicion Mr. Lynn murdered Dr. Kane. I'm not harboring any suspicions yet. But it could have been that way. And remember, Lynn hasn't been found. Please, I'd like to have a look at picture of deceased doctor. Of course, take a look. Notice, Cato, that his ears are set well below the eye level and very close to the head. Not many people have ears alike. They're almost like a fingerprints. That's true. Why you notice ears of doctor, Mr. Britt? No reason at present. I'd like to see what data Kane had in his files about that mandolin. Also, I'd like to see the dental chart of the doctor and the one the police used for identification. Only way to see such things would be to go to a doctor's office. Perhaps it'd not be understood if publisher of Sentinel went snooping through files. Being rather cagey, aren't you, Cato? You've already decided that the Green Hornet might see those files without much trouble. And without involving the Sentinel. Oh, such thoughts far from my mind. Uh, gas gun and mask ready, though. Also black beauty ready for use. All right, Cato. A little snooping by the Green Hornet will at least satisfy our curiosity. It may turn up something that will make the Kane accident turn out to be more than it looks on the surface. Come on, Cato. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. 
Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. City building, Mr. Britt? Yes, Cato. No use arousing anyone's suspicions by letting them see the Black Beauty stop in the front of the building. The alley entrance is just ahead. You think a guard inside the building? No, it's just a small four-story place. I can get in the back way, all right. Turn in here. And we're behind the silly building now. Stop here, Cato. Yes, sir. Any chance you do have to move, I'll meet you in the back of the apartment. I wait. I'll let the police come. No reason for that. Alley quite deserted and dark. I won't be long. Keep your eyes open. Britt Reed moved into the shadows at the back of the old building. It was only a matter of a few minutes before he finally manipulated the lock on the back entrance and went inside. Using his flashlight, he found the back stairway and went to the third floor. Upon reaching the third floor corridor in which dim overhead lights were burning... He walked silently along in search of Dr. Kane's office. Reaching a bend in the hallway, he was about to go on when he heard a door close. Hmm, I better wait a minute. Sounded like somebody came through the doorway from the front stairs into the hall. I'll peek around the corner and take a look. The man approaching that office up the hall. Just about where number 324 should be. Kane's office. Oh, watch. Wait! Oh, I would drop that flash. Wait, I say, come back. Got to find out who that is before he gets away. That you, Mr. Britt? Yes, Cato. Did you see anyone come out of this back way? No, sir. Nobody come out this way. I guess he went out the front door then. Cato, now I'm sure there's something funny about that cane accident. The hall lights were too dim for me to make out the man's appearance. That somebody was about to enter Dr. Kane's office. I dropped my flashlight, and upon hearing the noise, he fled down the stairs. I'm going back up there now and see if I can find whatever it was he was coming back for. We'll continue our story in just a minute. In the South Pacific... The squad of Corporal Jesse W. Keaton, Jr. of McKinney, Texas, winner of the Silver Star, was dug in its foxhole when the Japs launched a fierce assault against the American defenses. During that prolonged period in which the Japs pressed their attack, the squad's ammunition ran low. Without hesitation, the Texas corporal, disregarding enemy fire, crawled back to the supply lines. He got the ammunition, once more brave Jap bullets to return to his foxhole, and his squad was able to stand off the attack and eventually defeat the enemy. You know that 27 million Americans on the payroll savings plan are helping to buy our troops the ammunition they need through war bonds? But it's the extra efforts we make that will win the war sooner. It's good plain sense to put every extra cent we can in war bonds. 
And now back to our story. After paying his visit to Dr. Kane's office without further interruption, Britt Reed and Cato returned to the apartment. Cato, I brought along Kane's dental chart. Also all the data on Lynn, including his dental chart and x-rays marked with his name. Let's look these over. This chart of the doctor, Mr. Britt? Yes, and this one here is Lynn's. Hmm, strange. What, what you notice? Why you hold two charts together? Look for yourself. Oh, both charts alike, seem to me. They are, Cato. They're identical. Yet this one is plainly marked with Lynn's name. Hold that group of x-rays to the light. Yes. Oh, look there. That show up the back part of left jaw. Yes, but notice. Evidently, at one time, that jawbone was broken. See there? Oh, yes. It's just quite evident. But mean little. No, you're wrong, Cato. Because of something Lowry reported to me today, that means a great deal. We're going back to Dr. Kane's office right now. Why we go back, Mr. Britt? Cato, I believe the man whom I saw there will go back. Perhaps he remembered that this x-ray plainly shows where the jawbone was broken and where it had knit, and he wanted to remove it from the files. I still not understand, Mr. Britt. Cato, I'm convinced the man I saw at Dr. Kane's office door a while ago was responsible for that fire. In other words, I've come to the conclusion that it was not an accident. Instead, it was premeditated murder. <laughs> While Britt Reed and Cato headed the Black Beauty toward the city building, Ed Lowry at police headquarters was listening intently as Sergeant Burke told him of further developments in the Kane case. The insurance company says Doc Kane took out a big insurance policy just about six weeks ago. Oh, he did, huh? Who's going to get all the dough, Sarge? Sure, and it's to go to a brother whose address in some small town nearby was given in the policy. Company sent him a notification, and I understand he's come to town to collect and to make funeral arrangements for the Doc. He phoned the company from the Uptown Hotel where he checked in late this afternoon. Ah, kind of lucky for him the doc took out that insurance. He sure must have thought a lot of that brother of his. Police headquarters. Hey, is that you, Sarge? Sure it's me. This is Cassidy. I know, I know. What are you calling in for? Look, Sarge, I was walking my beat down here by the city building, and there's something funny going on. Something funny going on like what? Get to the point, Cassidy. Well, I was walking past the corner when I saw a car turn up the alley back of the city building. Well, what's funny about that, you nitwit? Do you have to call in every time you see a car turn up an alley? What's the matter with you anyway? But this wasn't any ordinary car, Sarge. I'm sure it was a car belonging to the Green Hornet. Well, what's the difference who it belongs to? If, they, if they, uh, Did you say you saw the Green Hornet car? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Holy smoke. All this palavering and the Green Hornet riding around under your nose. Keep an eye on him. We'll be right down. <laughs> Meantime, Britt Reed, having returned to Dr. Kane's office in the city building, was patiently waiting in the dark, hoping that the mysterious prowler whom he'd seen there earlier in the evening would return. His wait was soon rewarded when he heard someone manipulating the lock in the door to the outer office. Hmm. Looks as though I'll have the showdown I was hoping for. Somebody's coming in. I'll stay behind this filing cabinet till I see what he's up to. Better not use the lights. They weren't 
be seen from the street. I use his flashlight. I can help you find what you're looking for. What the? The mask man. The green hornet. Good. Since you know me and I know you, there's no need for introductions. You. You know me? Oh, no, no, no. You've made a mistake. You. And I come... also know what you came to find. What have you to do with this? Why are you butting in? Maybe I'm interested in the same thing you are money. So that's it, huh? You want to make some sort of a deal? Well, I've risked too much to let you interfere now. I won't. Uh, see? Caught you off guard by slamming that file drawer so the edge knocked your flashlight to the floor. And I've kicked it out of your reach on it. You can't see me in the dark. But I can find you when I'm ready. Well, say something. Britt Reed waited tensely as the man whom he knew to be a murderer drew closer and closer in the sinister darkness of the office. He instinctively knew the stalking killer had just taken an insidious weapon of some sort from a nearby drawer. Probably the same weapon he'd used to overpower the victim who had been found in the burned laboratory beyond. The slight sound of approaching steps stopped. For an instant, there was tense silence. Then Britt Reed sprang forward. Not a chance, Captain. I'll see to it you don't leave here alive, Hornet. That's what you think, Switch on the lights a moment to find my flashlight. There. Just as I thought. I took a large hypodermic needle from the instrument drawer. It probably contains a strong, quick-acting drug sufficient to temporarily paralyze a person. The police. I've got to work fast. First, my flashlight. Ah, there it is. Now to pin this on that killer. Leave these right alongside. There, that's done. I think they'll be smart enough to figure the rest out. That's my signal to leave. And leave fast before I'm trapped in here. I do see. Sure, sure. But what do you see, Lowry? Are you gone now? No, but wait. There's something else. Data and x-rays on Lynn. That's what's printed on this folder. And it says, note particularly indication along left jawbone of old fracture. Lowry, I may be dumb, but what does all this note business mean anyhow? I know, Sarge. So you know, Cassidy, do you? Well, what does it mean if you're so smart? It means somebody else was here and knocked this guy out, Sarge. Great saints, give me patience. Lowry, no, 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 hold your horses, Sarge. 
Here's what I get out of it. And we can check all of it when we get back to headquarters. This guy here on the floor is Doc Kane himself. Only shaved off his mustache and Van Dyke beard. That's what those arrows are meant to tell us. And when you look close, you can see the ears are the same as in the picture. The nose, too. What about that stuff in the folder? Who cares anything about who fractured whose left jawbone, I'd like to know. Sarge, you remember what they said when they examined what was left of the guy who was found in that burn laboratory there? Sure. Something about the bone structure with no indication of having been struck down or nothing. Sure, that's it. Only remember they said they found something that showed him the guy had a busted jaw once? That's right, Lowry. Glory be, you don't mean Sure, that... that dead guy was Lynn. The man we've all been looking for all this time. And this guy is Doc Kane, the one who killed Lynn. This x-ray shows that Lynn had a busted jawbone once. Hey, you mean the guy who was accidentally burned to death wasn't Kane at all, then? Cassidy, didn't we just figure that all out right here in front of your eyes? It's as plain as... A... Well, it's as plain as day. Oh, is it now? Well, then tell me, Sarge. Why should Kane kill Lynn? Hello, and sir. why should... I got your message. It came right in. The green hood was implicated in this. I would. See, what's that man doing there on the floor? Mr. Hinsdale, your insurance company can rest easy, thanks to us. That's Kane lying there. Yes, yes, I know. I met Mr. Kane late this afternoon, but what's he doing lying there? Hey, wait a minute, Mr. Hinsdale. Yeah? You say you met that guy this afternoon? Yes, I went to his hotel to see about the settlement of his brother's insurance. Oh. No, I've got it all together. Look, look. Yeah? That's Dr. Kane. He isn't dead at all, see? But he did kill Lynn. Oh, but then... Now, look at these. Well, that's Kane's dental chart. Oh, uh, this one's Lynn's. Why, they're identical. Well, sure, you get it? And look at this x-ray, too. Lowry, maybe you better explain what you're talking about, just for the record. Okay. Now, look. Lynn comes into Dr. Kane's office about six weeks ago. The date's on that x-ray frame, see? And just about five or six weeks ago, probably just after Lynn started... Kane took out a mess of insurance payable to his brother. <laughs> I wonder where that brother is. Arch, there wasn't any brother. He gave an address that he'd arranged beforehand out of town. Then he worked on Lynn in such a way that their dental charts would be alike. Then he'd probably use some kind of gas or drug or something to put Lynn under. Sure, that's it. Then he dragged him into that laboratory, set fire to him, and then beat it. Yes, that's it, evidently. He shaved off his mustache and beard, touched up his hair a bit, and appeared here as a sorrowing brother ready to collect insurance. We were so certain of identification because of Kane's dental chart, we didn't question the fact that it was Kane who had perished in the fire. Sure, and if it hadn't been for us, you'd have been out all that dough. We'd still be looking for Lynn, thinking that Kane was done for. Ha, if you ask me, I'd say Lowry did all the figuring out of what happened, Sarge. Is that so now? Sure, and it wouldn't have been long before I'd had it all figured well, out. Well, then tell me, who stuck all them things around so he could know who that guy there was, that he was Kane? Who socked him and knocked him cold, huh? Well, who? I'm asking you, Sarge. Listen to him, will you? Get to work and get that killer out of here and stop asking fool questions, Cassidy. Help him, boys. Uh, perhaps I'm too inquisitive, but you know who did catch up with Kane? Well, now, if we hadn't have come here, he didn't... I can tell you, Mr. Hinsdale. Yes? See that thing stuck on the back of that dental chart? I just noticed it myself. What is it, Mr. Larry? Say, don't tell me that... Yep. That was stuck on there by the guy who probably hoped to split that insurance dough with Kane and was getting a double cross. So he did all this to get even. Great day. I'd know that anywhere. The seal of the green horned himself.
Folks, here are some things Uncle Sam is asking you to do to help beat the paper shortage in America. When you go shopping, accept unwrapped goods whenever possible. Use and reuse your own shopping containers. Then save all kinds of waste paper for your local scrap paper drive. There's a doubly urgent need now for brown paper, heavy bags, wrapping paper, corrugated and cardboard boxes and cartons. Now, this isn't much to ask, especially when we know that paper is a vital war material. Here's just one example. 700,000 different items are shipped to the Army overseas, and practically all are paper-wrapped or boxed. Please do your part in helping to stretch our available paper supply. Remember, paper can help win the war. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.